Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of After Dark, where we're going to be doing a spoiler cast slash in-depth discussion on The Medium, the latest AAA horror game from Bloober Team, which is my favorite studio name, I think. I've <laughs> heard in a while. Uh, it is a Xbox exclusive uh, available on Game Pass, just came out uh, a week ago, and we're going to talk about it because it's a very story-heavy game. And uh, I think there's a lot to discuss in terms of what we liked and what we didn't like. If you haven't had a chance to play the game yourself, don't worry. We're going to keep it relatively spoiler free for the first part uh, so that you can just kind of get our initial impressions of the game. And then we'll make a clear distinction when we're going into spoilers. I am John Wicksipke and I am joined by Jordan Remay, associate Hello. editor who reviewed the medium for GameSpot. You gave it a nine out of ten. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, I was, I was a little bit worried about that at first. I'm like, what if I like this game way more than everyone else likes it? <laughs> well, I guess you'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm joined by uh, Phil Hornshaw, who is an editor and uh, played the yes. game. I have also <laughs> played it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, let's just get right into it uh, with our initial thoughts. Jordan, as you kind of said, you were a little worried. It is a, a divisive game, mm -hmm. I would say, not just based on kind of what it is. It's a horror game. It's a uh, it feels very much like a throwback to like older horror games. You know, I think a lot of people are making comparisons to Silent Hill or Resident Evil. Um, you look at Bloober Team's previous games like uh, uh, Layers of Fear. They did uh, The Observer, uh, the that Blair Witch game that came out a couple yep. years ago. All of those games, I would say are kind of mixed where I either hear people being like, didn't like it or people like swear by them. Like, Oh, mm. this game is great. So, I mean, yeah. Why don't we just go right into it? Uh, Jordan, what was your overall takeaway with the game? I would say I, I really enjoyed it. Bloober team has for the longest time kind of existed. As you said before, the reviews for their games have been very polarizing. People either really enjoy their games or they're just not that, big a fan of them and i think for most of their games i've kind of existed in the yeah i can kind of see what they're going for but this isn't exactly for me the medium is the first game for them that's been able to resonate uh for me specifically i'm not quite sure if it's just the way that they dove into the notion of trauma if it was just the stellar soundtrack if it was the just awesome voice acting of the two stars um kelly burke and troy baker just doing fabulous uh, work troy being just the creepiest creepiest monster <laughs> voice that even, i think i've ever heard even doing that like, i have uh, no idea so good but um, you, you don't think of him it's so funny people think of him as like ah it's you know it's troy baker he does kind of like the the wisecracking type character he does like a joel but like he that dude's got some mm. range, you know, like he can do really like the Ma is terrifying. I mm. said just just listening to him, like when I was writing the review, uh, Steve, one of his comments that he left was, you know, you say how good Troy Baker's performance is. You should really describe what the Ma sounds like. I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> to describe <laughs> what this thing sounds like. I have no idea what well of depraved creativity he like found, but. Half of me hopes he never finds it again because that was the creepiest voice I think for a monster that it, I've ever it's heard. It's the way it constantly like pitches and changes tones and and he's 
going back and forth from like sounding really sweet to to being like super aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's so off putting in how he talks. definitely at least for me i thought was a really standout he's kind of like the only enemy in the game it, yeah pretty much i mean that's something i liked about the game was that it, there is no um there, it, it's not like a traditional like combat heavy game or even like silent hill which i would say is is like the earlier silent hills combat's not really the point there's still a lot of enemies in that game and this is like it's just the maw really and uh, well i guess there's a, a couple extra little things in the um the like flashback yeah. but the maw is the, like the main bad guy like every horror game right. has like that one enemy that kind of follows you around for a majority of the game and the maw is the one for the medium uh phil how did, how did you feel about the game overall uh good i liked it as well um i'm a big fan of the old silent hill resident evil formula you know like that 1998 uh tank controls third person view kind of horror game and uh this really nails what I liked about those games when I was young. Uh, it's it's definitely like an homage to old Silent Hill. I really loved the look and the feel of the game. It's mm -hmm. really cinematic. Uh, the way that game, it's all, you know, fixed camera. You don't have any control over it like old Resident Evil, old Silent Hill. When they were doing that, uh, when Resident Evil was doing it, it was because they didn't want to deal with rendering out 3D <laughs> environments. So... Uh, Silent Hill did some really cool stuff. It was, you know, altogether muddier, but that allowed them to move the camera in sort of really cool ways. Really interesting stuff for like the PlayStation 1 era that still holds up, still looks great. So it's definitely obvious that like Bloober Team was into that stuff and they're doing a lot of those cool camera moves uh, throughout this game and that sort of thing. So I, yeah. I like it got to me in that sort of like, oh man, I remember loving this kind of way, you know? <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed that about it. Uh, and yeah, like it, it hits those elements really well. And it does the things that I like about what Bloober Team does pretty well too, which is these like really story heavy, wander around, like uncover a mystery kind of things. I'm a big fan of Layers of Fear. I think that game does some really interesting things with like space and, uh, twisting perspective and that sort of thing. things that only video games can do in a lot of ways. And they pick that up here too. I like it. Um, the sort of like dual world idea kind of gets in that direction. Maybe not quite as much as I wish it did, but it's, you know, it's all kind of moving in those ways that I like about these games and, uh, and this sort of section of the genre in general. I, I really like what you mentioned about the the fixed camera and how it's like evoking the spirit of Resident Evil, but with modern tech. So they can just 
I mean, the game looks beautiful, mm -hmm. especially the the background details. There, there's a, a couple shots in the later half of the game where you go to like a forest and just the sheer like the 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 density of the forest and the light coming through the trees like that is maybe some of the most like beautiful looking environments I've seen in a game. And they can get away with it because of that fixed camera. So they really just have to like make that specific angle look as good as possible. Uh, which maybe speaks to the fact that it is a really small team. Yeah. Like, despite being a AAA game, I would say this, it, I, I don't know the exact size of the team, but they're they're Polish, they're very small, and I think that should be commended how, yeah. how amazing this game um, is just from, like, a production standpoint. Yeah, this is absolutely, like, the most budget they've ever had. And, uh, and it works. They put it, they put it, to work in some really cool ways. And I think that's like understanding what they're good at and, um, and what their limitations are and then using everything they have specifically in that frame to do something really cool. Totally. Yeah. There, there are moments where I don't know about how you guys felt about it, but I did think the, the character animation was a little stiff at times. Maybe that's like the one part of the game where you look at it and you're like, Oh, like the, the, yeah. the facial animation how everybody runs is a little <laughs> oh the running their yeah. little trot it was pretty funny considering marianne's like one of the few like there's not many characters in this game like marianne right. is pretty much the only person that you're looking at for the entirety of this game and i just all the time whenever i would see like her running animation i'm like i feel i want just a little bit more here like she's the only one i'm looking at for mm -hmm. hours on end and I, I I don't know anyone who runs like Yeah, they should have cheated that. Runs. They should have worked the running animation. It's a very more. it's very dainty. <laughs> There's something about it. It just it, it makes me laugh and it, it does take me out of what should be a really spooky, <laughs> spooky environment. So I guess let's talk about the the story a little bit. What I really like about this game is how Polish it is. The developers are Polish and mm -hmm. they they wanted to tell like a what feels like a very polish story by it actually taking place and i think it's like 1999 poland it feels like it's grabbing out a lot of polish history to the point where i would love to talk to somebody from poland about it because i feel like i'm not that i'm like not enjoying it but like i would have more enjoyment if i had like a, a certain um a cultural appreciation for um, the events and, and the history that they're talking about. Totally get that. The entire time I was playing, I'm like, man, this is awesome and fascinating. And I'm probably going to like read a whole bunch of Wikipedia articles when I'm done with this mm -hmm. game. I would love if I had all of the cultural context for everything that's happening right now that I'm learning about while I'm actually playing this game. Jake Decker actually had a good idea because the one thing I, I didn't, care for in the game um or one of the things i didn't care for was uh you, you mentioned marianne's voice acting the voice acting's great the writing in some of her narration uh i found a little irritating where it like it, it was yep, yep. It's, yeah. I, I was trying to think of how to describe it it's like it's written like the way somebody would write an, a, a book, book <laughs> not in the way somebody actually thinks in their head and it, it leads to this thing where it's a lot of like telling me things that you don't need to where it's like you're, you're showing me this already i don't need to know that that marianne is terrified i can see it in her her facial expression and the voice acting i don't need to then have a narration it's like the blade runner like original yeah. cut <laughs> 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 like, 
Yeah, I think the game is a little bad about knowing what to deploy narration on. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that's definitely... We don't need a rundown of the scene we just watched, basically. <laughs> yeah. I woke up with icy water in my veins. I wanted nothing but to get out of there. To just get up and run until my legs give out, until my lungs collapse. But I knew I couldn't. It wouldn't have solved anything. And besides, sadness needed my help. I was say, uh good point tam who like does this for pretty much every review i write like he did point out like the one like true positive to the narration because the narration was like the one big negative that i talked about in my review but tam pointed out it's like you in a way her heavy narration allows someone who's playing the game or who's sitting watching someone else play the game who maybe can't pick up all the auditory and visual cues they can actually understand what's happening because her narration is so heavy in detail. It's like, wow, you're just repeating things that I definitely just witnessed or inferred from the tone of your voice. So it's cool in like an accessibility standpoint, but like to both of your points, I think it's just implemented in a very inelegant way. I think that yeah. if they wanted to go for something like that, I have no idea why the developers chose to add that narration but if they were adding it for accessibility reasons i think there could have been a more elegant way that they could have incorporated something like that there are definitely times when i like being in marianne's head or like knowing what she's feeling about a thing she just went through or the greater significance of that thing sometimes like occasionally it 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 widens out the story in you know the kind of way you'd expect from a novel but it also yeah sometimes it's just it feels repetitive and in a weird way, like it, I don't know that she's narrating it for anybody's benefit. It's just like they had her in the room almost. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's funny because like it technically ties into the story itself because about 95% of the game is her recounting all of these events to someone else. We don't find out until the very end of mm-hmm. The game, but it's like this weird thing where it's like, oh, I can now understand why she's adding all of these details because she's explaining it to someone else. And I'm like, but we're experiencing this for the first time. We don't need <laughs> these details. We're watching it happen. <laughs> I like it when she's got extra context, like everything related to her family life and stuff. Some of the oh, history sure. things are useful. Yeah, it's just so she just doesn't have to throw it in every single time. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard to describe. Yeah. Uh, wh- what I was going to say originally was um, I was talking about that with like Jake Decker, uh, video producer and host of the normal After Dark podcast. <laughs> and he um, that you probably all, I assume, watch because it's on the same feed. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was like, oh, man, yeah, I kind of want to play the game in in Polish. Maybe that would just like make the narration um, kind of work better, because I, I think there's something to be said about. Like, I think part of the reason people always like subs versus uh, dubs with like anime is because it's like, I don't know, when it's in another language, you don't notice like awkward voice acting or like weird written lines as much. So like maybe and, and also because it is so heavily Polish, uh, you could like actually like envelop yourself more. But uh, unfortunately, you can't actually do that in this game. Um, if you set it to Polish, it switches everything to Polish. So, um, oh, no. 
That's a bummer. I, I would love for them to add an option. Yeah. This is yeah. me telling, asking, like, if you if you could add an update where I could listen to the game in Polish but still have everything in English, uh, that would be really cool. Because I'd maybe play it again. It does feel like maybe a little bit is, of this is localization and and cultural. I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, uh, I th- I would be interested in that as well. Well, I think the other big thing to talk about is the the main gimmick of the game itself, which is the switching between the real world and the spirit world. That's the whole reason why this game is like next gen is like the developers said that like they've had this idea in their head for years, but they couldn't capitalize on it until next gen hardware like made it a reality. It's a pretty cool trick. It is. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's really neat. Uh, like the game will uh periodically like switch between these we'll have these moments where the game like goes full split screen and you're controlling and seeing marianne in both uh the regular world and the spirit world i cannot remember the name i know the spirit world is inspired by the like surrealist paintings of this famous polish artist i don't have the name offhand and if i did i probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it (laughs) uh but i love that stuff that stuff looks fantastic yeah and, and i think they they do some really cool like not too complicated like pretty basic but like engaging puzzle work with that stuff that i liked a lot the fact that this game can render two separate experiences to the point that it can then separate the experiences when you have an out-of-body experience and you're controlling only one half and that's like oh i'm done doing the thing that i want to do on the spirit world half i want to put these experiences back side by side again you just press a button and like it loads within a second a second and a half i'm like this is straight witchcraft what they've (laughs) managed to pull off and like i can totally see why they were like oh yeah we can't do this on the 360 we can't even do this on the xbox one it's only now (laughs) the (laughs) series x and series s is there a console actually strong enough to pull off a trick like this it's just so cool. I don't know so how cool. they do it. Like, I'm not a tech person, so I can't explain adequately what they're doing behind the scenes. But it's just one of those things that the first time I saw it playing it, I'm like, this feels like a very new gen thing for Xbox, even though it's in a very small game. This I can see how they're using the hardware of the Series 100%. X and S to mm. do something really cool with this game. And in that regards, it, it feels like the first truly next gen game of this generation because it's like well you know we have had a couple launch games we had spider-man we had demon souls and those look great demon souls looks very good in fact but i would say like a lot of it is still very much like you could accomplish that on playstation maybe it wouldn't look as good maybe the fidelity wouldn't be quite there but most of the tricks you could still pull off Mm -hmm. with the exception of maybe ray tracing this is like oh there's absolutely no way like this feels (laughs) next gen in like that way that just like gets you excited about new consoles where you're like wow like i i love when developers really like use hardware to do creative things with it well and what's cool about it too is that it's not just a graphical gimmick it's not just like better textures or better lighting it doesn't just look better it's actively running two versions of the game world at the same time like Mm -hmm. it feels like it's a gameplay mechanic that's only possible in the new hardware which is really nice to have something like that. And it's like, actually, oh yeah, I bought this machine and it can do a different thing than my other machine could actually do. <laughs> so I appreciate that quite a bit. Um, that it's yeah. it's just not, doesn't feel possible before. I kind of, 
I my whole I think my my biggest drawback with this whole game is that uh, I feel I wish it had gone a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's ultimately my big complaint with this idea too is that it is a touch gimmicky. It is just like okay, it's two versions of the same room, and in one you can pick up a thing, and in another you can pick up a different thing. <laughs> and like, and that's really kind of as far as it goes. Um, but it is cool to navigate. It's fun to try to split your brain into these two different directions because sometimes one one version of the world has it like a wall or a staircase that you can't climb and you have to like, oh, shit, <laughs> like yeah. turn your head, look at the other side of the screen. Like you get lost in it a little bit, which is a cool feeling to try to navigate both those spaces at the same time. And it kind of puts you in the character in a different way because Marianne is like you get the impression that a lot of her life she lives in these two spaces at the same time. And that is weird. And she can do it better than you can. And so like (laughs) you kind of have to adjust to what, what her experience is like in a different way. I I was trying to think about like, how does that actually work for her? Where like, how is she seeing it from a first person? Is it like one eyeball seeing the real world and one eyeball seeing the spirit world? Like I can't, my brain can't even process like, how you would navigate that. That's so weird. Because like you see those cutscenes, like when she's talking with sadness and like sadness runs up to her and she's hugging her. And like in one side of the screen, it's like she's kind of freaking out that a spirit's <laughs> touching her. And the other side of the screen, she's freaking out, but there's nothing there. And I'm like, so what is she seeing right now? Is she only seeing the sadness she's aspect, like, the spirit world, or is she seeing half and half and in half she's realizing if anyone saw me right now, they just see that I'm kind of freaking out over nothing. It's super weird. Yeah. She's like leaning into a hug in the spirit world. And then her arms are, you know, doing that same motion <laughs> in the real world, but there's nothing there or she's stuck in a chair or any, any given number of things. Cause a lot of stuff happens in the spirit world. That's like physical and mm-hmm. interesting and mm. weird. And then it's also running the regular world next to it. And it's like, nothing's happening. It's fine. What are you, what are you, what are you being weird about? Which kind of gives like better context. Because when you're first starting out, you hear about how tough her childhood was. And she was like, I couldn't really belong. I'm like, I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. If everyone else is just seeing the real side you right now and they have like no context to what's going on, I'd be freaking out too. If you were just like a young girl who was just like, I don't know, being restrained to a chair. And it's like, there's nothing there. And it's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like she's playing pretend all the time. It's mm-hmm. got to be rough. What, what you said, Phil, about the game's potential and how it could like it could have gone farther. It's a very short game. I, I think I I don't I wish I had an hour count. Um, I was trying to find it, but I, I guess Xbox doesn't have that information, but I think I beat it in like nine, eight hours, something like that. That sounds about right. In the review guide, they told us it was an eight to 10 hour game. So yeah, nine hours. It wrapped up its story. Like when it, when it hit the end, it felt like everything had kind of like come together. But I do agree that like mechanically, I was like, ooh, like I would love to see more. Like I want to see a, a medium two or or just like to take that concept and and expand upon it even further because it, it does feel like a, f- a first attempt and a pretty good first attempt, but it's like, Oh, there is so much more potential you could do with this like split reality. Now that they know that there are people who liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can yeah, do right. it again. Exactly. And they, they, they kind of left some, uh, sequel bait sort of at the end. Not really. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. Say so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like there could be DLC. 
which yeah. which is uh, <laughs> maybe our cue to go talk into the story and get into some spoilers. Can I just say for this story, mm-hmm. like, and maybe this is getting a bit into the spoilers. No, but go for it. I, All spoilers. Get into it. Sick. But like games that almost trust you to be like, look, we know that we're not super, super interesting yet, but stick with us for a little bit and we'll take you for a ride. Like the first hour, maybe even two hours of the medium, it was very almost ironically middling for me i just didn't really i'm like i it's really cinematic the whole split screen thing is cool and i love this i'm not quite sure what they're going for and there's all these threads with like i think there's like a soviet spy here i have no idea who thomas is what should i be doing who is sadness and then like i have no idea when it happens maybe like around hour three or four you start finding like enough clues that you start noticing like oh a lot of these things are beginning to fit together mm-hmm. very tangentially. And I can't quite put the picture together yet, but I think if I keep going a little bit more, I'll get there. And the fact that, I think to the medium's benefit, that it's only eight hours, nine hours long, so you don't have to go all that far to get that full picture, works wonders. I love the fact that this game is willing to risk the fact that I'm like, you know, there's probably going to be some players who pick up this game, and after an hour, they're like, I'm kind of bored with this and I don't want to keep going but we're going to just set the scene as best we can and hope that the player arrives at the conclusion that they're like oh I want to see what the end of this is I want to see how all these pieces somehow some way connect together yeah in absolutely some madhouse. It, and it, it, it makes it kind of a tough game to recommend because it's like oh you got to play a couple hours before you got to play a couple hours of this eight hour game <laughs> <laughs> so you have to play like a third of the game sure. that's arguably not as good to get to like the good stuff. But that's kind of where it being on Game Pass is like huge, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it because it's such a polarizing game where it's like, I don't know if you would like it. Like you might like it. You might hate it. But if you have Game Pass, there's what's the harm in trying it? Right. Or like, you right. know, it kind of obli- you feel not obligated, but like you that barrier is gone and it's like oh i I could i can give this a shot or you know like and and not feel bad if i if i didn't like it or whatever but i just remember getting to the neva resort and like picking up that payphone and you get one of the first echoes right there and it's about the henry i think his name is the spy who's there to find thomas and i just remember hearing that message and being like well that has nothing to do with why I am here. Why, why should I care That's interesting. about any yeah. of this? <laughs> but then you like keep going and going and it's like, oh, some of, something happened here. Everyone's dead. Why is everyone dead? Oh, there's this weird old dude who was fine one day and then he was like almost comatose in a vegetative state the very next day. And then the nurse who was taking care of him kind of like suddenly started being really psychotic and like messing with him and like cutting him I'm like what is going on and then when you finally <laughs> see all of that coming together and it's like wow this is 
so elaborate and cool. If they had told this story in like the actual order of the events occurring, it would not be nearly as interesting as it is. Yeah, totally. It, 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 Cause yeah, I thought the same thing where I kind of was thinking it was going to be more like Bioshocky where it's like, you get little cool story vignettes that fill out the world, but it's not necessarily like all related to the main plot. It's just like, Oh, here's a, a cool little side story, but like, no, you're right. Like it all ends up relating back to the main central plot and why you're there yeah now i kind of want to go back and like check out that early stuff and like yeah. find the little that's what i was thinking too. Sewing. yeah uh yeah this this is what i like about bloopers games is that it feels like they write a story they have a plan for the game the story is the centerpiece of that plan and they are willing to trust you to go along with them like that you care enough about it as well as much as they care about it to like really invest and to pay attention and to pick up all the, the stuff on the ground that gives you little tidbits of it. And, uh, you know, and like, yeah, it's a little slow starting up, but those things are important to the long-term nature of the story. And, you know, it's like, it's like a TV season. Like, yeah, two episodes are going to be slow, but they're building the foundation for the next six. So like, be cool. <laughs> like, so yeah i mean i appreciate that i feel like a lot of video game storytelling is a lot of it is rushed a lot of it is uh kind of crammed in a lot of the time and bloober goes you know out of their way to try to tell stories and then they work sometimes they don't work you know it's not always <laughs> successful necessarily but i think uh that's a dedication that is important and that is useful uh in the medium especially as as like in the horror game section right like Having that dedication to the story makes this game work in a big way. And I really like it. So, I mean, where the game really picked up for me was that partway through, I guess it's about half, right? Where where you find out what happened to sadness and, and like that whole storyline mm-hmm, um, with, oh, with the what's child his name? Eater. Yeah. Yeah. That that is where that's where the game gets interesting in the darkest way possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the darkest way possible. Oh, yeah. I I don't know if I love that they're like using rape as a plot device. It's a little mm, like they do a good job of, of not like it's it's not horrific. They're not showing anything. Thank God. And I do think it's like the best way you could have handled that kind of plot point. I think it's more like my issue is just with that as a general plot point in games. Right. period but i will say it, it 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 does do a really good job of like adding a a weight to the plot that i don't think it quite had yet where i was like okay spooky massacre but it's all like spooky nurse went crazy and you're like oh okay nurse went crazy and killed everyone and then it's like <laughs> nah man like serious child trauma and you're like oh snap okay this is like we're getting heavy with it. Right. Uh, and, th- and then it, it just I feel like it just keeps building after that where like, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that it broaches that subject without sensationalizing it, which I think is what often games kind of stumble into, mm-hmm. you know, yes. with this sort of thing. Like, uh, I think part of, say, what people had trouble with with Tomb Raider, if you want to go back a ways when oh, sure. something similar came up in that game was that it felt like it was bombarding you with that trauma and like making you be in it in a way that not everybody was comfortable with and was not necessarily like like you said tasteful or uh i don't know 
sensitive, respectful, mm-hmm. un- fully understanding what it was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And this feels more deliberate and more well thought out, I felt. I was really worried at first when that scene popped up because like with their whole duality thing, a lot of the medium is kind of exploring the, oh, some people present themselves this way, but there's always a another side to the story, like another way to see them. And I was very, very worried when that scene popped up. I'm like, do not try <laughs> to convince me, Bloober team, to empathize with a yes. child abuser. I I won't buy it and I <laughs> and I will decimate your game if you try to do so. And I think to their credit at the very least, even though Marianne kind of leaves many of the people's fates like up into interpretation for you to decide for yourself for the child eater and then later for the hound both of whom are like oh they were people who were victimized who went on to become victimizers themselves marianne's very much like don't use your trauma as a shield like that's not okay Mm -hmm. you're not a good person i'm not going to forgive you for what you did after learning about you i'm going to expel your spirit but that's not in any way a form of forgiveness. 100%. Yeah, I would say that's maybe the game's biggest strength in the story is is it's it's a lot about trauma and it's a lot about a lot about father figures is actually like a big theme in the game is like everyone you have like Marianne's like foster father who dies at the beginning and then you have her real father and then you have um you know uh Thomas's like I guess also like adopted yeah. father and and then him you know, end up being a child abuser to his daughter. And like, it, it's this whole circle of fathers doing terrible things or just being absent. Uh, but like you said, I like that they, they, they explain why these people are the way they are. They don't try and say they're monsters just because they're monsters. They're real people and they messed up or this is how this happened. And the way that like real abuse works where it's like abusers are often the ones who abuse as people. But like you said, the game, I think, does make a very clear stance that none of that justifies or should elicit sympathy for their actions. Like once once you cross that line, there's no you shouldn't know there's no sympathy for for someone like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's adding nuance without um, making excuses, which is. Yeah. A good, I think, approach to that. Uh, I wonder what you guys feel about the maw and about sadness then because i've read i i saw a few people making some comments on twitter about Mm -hmm. the game uh suggesting that trauma leads to i well i don't know i mean like yeah the way the way the game presents being victimized and what that leads to and i don't know i'm interested in how you guys took what you guys took away from that, especially in the end? Yeah. Oh, I know it's rough, man. <laughs> it's a lot to think about. Those are the tough questions. It's mm-hmm. it's hard because I there's so much of the medium that, like, for storytelling wise, I'm making assumptions because, as we said, it's very it's not clear cut in the exact events that its story happened. The way I understand it, and you both can tell me if I'm totally misconstruing this but sadness and the maw are the two sides to liliana's uh 
spirit form that basically shattered after the sexual assault that occurred. So half of it is all of her childhood innocence and the other half is all the disgust and rage and trauma just given physical form. So it's essentially kind of a dissociative, I guess. Right. Analogy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's how if I that took makes it. Sense. To some degree, like it's not super yeah. clear, like you said, but yeah, that was what I got out of it. Yeah, and, and heightened by the fact that she is also a medium uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Magic mm-hmm. is involved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. It's one of those hard things. It's like, oh, so uh, Thomas is a medium whose spirit form is completely separate person. His first daughter is a medium whose spirit is a separate person that was split into two separate persons, and his second daughter is a medium whose spirit form and physical form are one in the same. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll accept that if those are the rules. Nazi science experiments. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Miriam went through, like, the least amount of awful stuff, and therefore she's, like, the most whole person, I guess. Oh, right? yeah. That, yeah. I didn't think about so, it that way. That makes, yeah. That. I was like, it's either that or it has something to do with the fact that, like, when she was born, her mom died too. I wasn't sure if that was like relevant in yeah. some way. Like it's the medium's one of those games I'm gonna have to play a second time. Totally. <laughs> sure. I, I think the yeah, whole thing I'm with sure. the with the mom was relevant to like that cause like a fracture with with Lily where she blamed mm-hmm. Marianne for her mom's death and that like sowed the seeds for this like demon in her psyche um that kind of kept growing and growing and growing and then you know when the the abuse happened and then the fire happened like that's when it just like blew out of control essentially so i guess to your earlier question phil it's one of those weird things where i'm so conflicted about sadness and the mall like on one hand i'm like oh yeah when not always but sometimes when you undergo a very severe trauma like sexual abuse it causes a dissociation where there's a split in the personality where the brain tries to save itself and in the medium's world maybe the spirit form's brain can do the same thing as it were on the other hand it's like this really weird then analogy where you're saying like oh is then everything that the Maw stands for and wants to do is that a part of Lillian's subconscious? Because that seems really odd if that were the case. It seems like an almost completely different person in how viciously violent and aggressive it is. And I don't know. It It's one of the few moments, I think, where... I would have liked for Bloober team to have provided a little bit more concrete details on what exactly they were trying to say about that entire situation. So I can make a much more informed opinion on whether or not I liked it because part of me is like, Oh, it kind of makes sense. And the other part of me is like, no, no, it doesn't really make sense. (laughs) Yeah. See, (laughs) I kind of agree with you on that. Like, I felt like the symbolism there is a bit muddled and that kind of frustrated me in the end Mm -hmm. because I I get that they're going for something here, but I also get that they're like, we need a monster. This is a video game about a monster. So like, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I'm I'm not sure it quite plays in the end uh, the way they were maybe hoping. Right. Yeah. It's a little. The ending for me, it 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 didn't come together quite the way I wanted it to. Where where the whole time I'm like, you're learning, you know, the mystery of what happened and and Marianne's family and 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 all that's coming together really nicely. And but then, and like I said, they do have strong themes of you know, fathers and, and sort of like, um, abuse begetting abuse, but also not justifying it. But then mm-hmm. you get to the ending and it presents this situation where Marianne's given the choice of how to deal with the Ma and Lily. And is, is she going to kill Lily to basically kill the Ma or is she going to kill herself so that the Ma can't escape and Lily would live, which I have some issues with because wouldn't. OK, first off, wouldn't wouldn't that not actually solve anything? Because then the mom would still exist with Lily yep, there. It would just try mm-hmm. to find a different host. Yeah. Then so it's like point. then until yeah, somebody else basically, into town, it wouldn't, basically she wouldn't be solving the problem because if Mar- Lily, if Marianne had never gone there, it would just been the exact same. Um, but also, I'm just like, I'm not sure what you're trying to say about this. Like, like it. it thematically i'm i it it didn't come together for me where i was like what would by like what would her sacrifice mean like i I think there was something about like she wanted to she felt like she had been given a life and she wanted to give that back to lily but i don't know i it just none of the pieces came together in in the way i wanted and i think i would have wanted a more like concrete statement of like what they're trying to say and part of that is by the fact that it intentionally doesn't tell you what happens because you just hear a gunshot and you don't know what choice she made that could have worked but i think because i didn't have a clear idea of like i just kind of sat there at the credits being like i'm not sure what i was supposed to take away from all that at the end there yes that's my big problem too and like i don't know how i feel about the idea that lily is kind of just like choosing suicide i don't know how i feel about the idea that she is basically irredeemable or unable to deal with her trauma or control it. Yeah. The game somehow deposits that like her trauma can't be absolved the same way that Marianne did with the hounds and child eaters. Right. Well, and I, and I appreciate that the game is not um, at the same time, like we're going to redeem everybody. And it's like, just mm-hmm. simple as that. You know, you said you're sorry. Everything's fine. That's good. I I appreciate that there's nuance there. I also just feel like it was almost too nuanced in that it doesn't conclude. <laughs> well, like, yeah. if there was a character you that know? could have been redeemed, it was Lily, where it's like they made this in distinction theory. of like, you know, the other characters like they did horrendous things where the game implies that like the 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 Ma is sort of like gone beyond Lily's control and and wasn't her directly inflicting actions upon people. So if there was a person that was like worthy of being saved, it would have been her. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. It's tough to say because we're in the realm of like weird metaphysics, right? So like what what symbolism are you trying to get across to me here is is my big issue. Yeah, because, yeah, like this. This thing is a literal demon that is literally taking people's minds over and literally turning them into murderers mm-hmm. and massacring people. And like how much responsibility does Lily, a child, <laughs> bear for that? Um, 
or I guess she was adult, an adult by that point. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, like we're in hard monster territory here. This is way off into supernatural. Um, what, what are you trying to get across? And like, I feel like the themes of the game really play well with the other characters, mm-hmm. with those other moments and, you know, meeting their monsters and dealing with them. And this one is like almost too separated from Lily and or or maybe that we don't spend enough time with Lily as a character because sadness is not Lily necessarily. And even if she is like, we don't really know a ton about sadness, except that she is a kid, you know, <laughs> like that's yeah. pretty much it. So, yeah, maybe it's a character development deficiency that I'm feeling and I'm not really um, articulating it well because like I, I feel like it doesn't like you said, it doesn't really gel in that last moment, that big choice, because, you know, what relationship does Marianne have with Lily? Almost none. What <laughs> responsibility does she bear to Billy? Almost none. Uh, Lily rather. Um, and, and then Lily's just like, yep, come on, let's go. I got a gun here. Let's do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're like, well, wait, wait, can we like unpack any of this? This feels like it needed a little more. Should have been another hour on there. Maybe. Yeah, to like kind of deal right with before. some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is a shame because that scene is one of the most like I wouldn't say beautiful, but like visually impressive mm-hmm. shot scenes in a video game I've ever seen where it once again splits and it keeps like shifting back and forth, sometimes showing Lillian in her physical form, sometimes showing her in sadness, sometimes showing her in the maw, sometimes showing Marianne. Uh, and it just keeps going like back and forth and shifting through all these perspectives. And so you're like, all of these things are intertwined and tangled up and like we're ratcheting up to something and then you just have the gunshot and it goes to black mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, did Marianne shoot her sister? Did she shoot herself? Did real Thomas somehow escape? Because we learn that in the spirit world, time moves at a different pace. So technically his entire story could happen within the span of those 30 seconds. And he somehow appears like in that moment and he fires a gun in the air to make everyone stop and like do something. You have no idea. You yeah. have no idea what's going yeah, on. Thomas kind of got weirdly <laughs> dropped where you, you, after yeah. you meet Thomas's spirit form, uh, who turns out to be the one that, Marianne's narrating the the game to and you're like, okay, he got separated after the altercation with with Henry. Um, But then you're like, where's Thomas and all this? And they never really properly explain it. I mean, he made that phone call at the beginning of the game, right? Right. And it's like, well, why did he do that? Well, that didn't come from the spirit. What was his intention behind that? Was he trying to save Lily? Was he like, what was his motivation behind that? And then, yeah, you get that weird post credit scene where maybe that's Thomas there at in the spirit world at the end. Yeah, I assume so. I figure that because at the end of him dealing with the hound, like his spirit form is like locked in the cage with the hound because he finds out that the hound's just a psychopath. And so he has no innocent soul to essentially burn away like a ghost rider. And uh, so his spirit form is trapped. And figured based on the notes that what Thomas was trying to do was he was trying to find a way for he himself to enter the spirit world so that he could save his spirit half to defeat the maw. Right. Um, and so he calls Marianne right before going to do that. And then 
we go through. And then when we finally defeat the Hound, it saves his spirit form. So his spirit form gets let out and we get to talk to him. But his physical form is now in the spirit realm, finding a pocket watch on the ground at the <laughs> end of yeah, the game. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts to this game. There's like... Yeah. It's one of those games that if you do not stop to pick up every single little thing that you can interact with, you are not going to understand. Totally. And I I feel like if I (laughs) I would maybe maybe some of the stuff with Thomas would be a little more clear if I went back and replayed it, because I'm thinking now about like there is the altercation with him and his office. And and yeah, there's like the phone call, like maybe that stuff would make more sense and tie together. Uh, cause, cause as you were saying it, I was like, kind of like, oh, right. That happened. And, and I was starting yeah. to kind of piece it together a little bit more. It, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Like it demands you, you look at everything <laughs> if you want to yeah. know what's I'm, really going on. I'm kind of glad that I had to play this game for review because it forced me to essentially play and beat it within two different sessions. I think if I'd played this, like most normal video games were like, oh, I'll play an hour Monday and then I'll play another hour like on the Wednesday that follows and then maybe a half hour on the next Thursday. I'd have no idea what was going on because yeah. I'd just be taking too much time in between play sessions like this is a game that demands you pay attention to it. And to Phil's point, I'm not entirely sure even with you paying attention to it, does it do enough to deliver completely on the setup it's trying to give you mm-hmm. at the very end of the game? It's still like a pretty cool ending to see. And it's a horrifying one to witness. But at the same time, I'm like, I I must have missed a collectible and I'm missing some crucial context or that context was just not there. And it's being clarified in a DLC or sequel follow up. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was just rushed or I missed something or if there's an interpretation that I'm missing. I almost now I'm like, man, should we go do an ending explained article? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get on that. Um, yeah. And so like, unfortunately after everything, I felt like I was missing some crucial piece of the puzzle and I'm kind of bummed about it. Yeah. Cause I liked it and I liked the mod and I liked running away from it and all that stuff. And uh, the other interactions with characters and the way that the game picks apart its story and scatters it around. I felt like worked largely totally um, with the other characters and stuff. And, and I, I would say, at least for me, it, it even though the ending didn't really hit, I still think most of the game hit for me in a way that it didn't didn't sour the rest of the game. Like, I think still like the, the self because it did wrap up like the general mystery of what was happening and the arcs of of uh, characters like, you know, like the Hound and, and Thomas, like and marianne's backstory like all that stuff is is resolved and so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you finished it and you're like ah man like nothing i don't know what happened at all like like (laughs) right right. i think a lot of it does conclude in a way that i still found very satisfying it was just that the ending felt like it was trying to go for then like this new thing that i just wasn't putting together with the rest of it uh but i i overall like i still enjoyed my time with it and and despite the fact that the ending didn't didn't work for me yeah i like it i like most of that game mm-hmm. i'm just like i said i just feel like i was missing something right at the end that would have tied it all together a little bit better than it is and i i'm not sure if it's just intentionally um trying to leave itself open to an interpretation and i'm lacking some aspect of that interpretation or if it's 
or if it's the game's fault, basically. <laughs> um, so maybe I need to go back and do it again. But the rest of it was good. And I, like I said, it really scratched that itch for sort of a Silent Hill or Silent Hill 2, really, uh, kind of experience where it's like, yeah, all these, everybody in this game is terrible and they're all terrible for different reasons. And they're all, they're all justified in being terrible and not justified in being terrible. Um, well, that's not, that's not, yeah. don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> Two or three people have some justifications for some of their actions occasionally, and then it goes off the rails and most people are really bad. And I like the game's commitment to, you know, fleshing out characters in that direction that you're not going to like and being willing to make it harsh, I guess, in some ways. I don't know. I like, like I said, I like, generally I like that blue routine goes out and tries stuff. And this game is all of them going out and trying stuff. And they're, they're playing in their particular wheelhouse, which all their games are kind of like these pick up objects, hear story kind of games, mm -hmm. but they are, they're willing to like go for it and come up with some cool ideas and, and push the kind of things you would see in a video game in some hard directions. And I, I like that this game exists and I like that they're going for those things. And I had a fun time playing it for the most part. Would, would you agree, Jordan? I mean, you give it 9 out of 10, so I guess so. Yeah, I, yeah. Say, like, <laughs> I, I, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, I would say, like, to Phil's point, like, the way that it just handles... I guess it's not even really environmental storytelling, because if it was environmental storytelling, you wouldn't even have to pick up anything. But... The way that it just slowly pieces everything together. And I even almost in this weird way appreciate the fact that even though it's a horror game, it's not altogether super scary. It's more like just dread inducing. Like you just feel uncomfortable for long stretches <laughs> of time. Like, And I think a huge part of that comes down to the sound design and music like both composers, like the highest, highest of props and the mm. vocal tracks that you can find and get at the end, like sublime, exquisite. I love all of them, but I, I like this game. I like it a yeah. lot. It's a good first console exclusive for Xbox to have for its new generation. I understand that like sometimes things happen and you have to delay things and maybe this game would not have done nearly as well had it actually come out the same day that Cyberpunk did, because that was its original release oh, date. Oh, God. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to say, um, so delaying it is cool. I wish, but I still kind of wish that we could have gotten it like a little bit sooner to just showcase. It's like, oh, yeah, Xbox will have mm. games this generation. Well, I guess I can't say that yet. It's one game, <laughs> but I hope that this is the first title in a long list of games that reward me for still being an Xbox guy. I right. I agree. And, and it, it's, yeah, for sure. it's um, like, I like Sony exclusives, but I, I think there is sort of a, a general, like, I don't know how to put it. Like, it's like Sony exclusives remind me like Marvel movies where like they're all different, but like they kind of have that like similar sheen about them. That's like that mm -hmm. is a first party Sony title. And you can kind of <laughs> you can kind of tell. And that's that's not me trying to like I love I love Sony games, but uh, that's a good that's a good way to put it, though. They're all kind of that MCU. They have that they have that same uh, kind of like look. That, yeah. And that same homogeneity. Yeah. Maybe. There's a level of prestige <laughs> with most of PlayStation's first party titles and, and i and yeah. xbox doesn't have that but what i think 
this shows is like they have weird variety where it's like, you know, it, it's this weird game by this like small Polish studio that wanted to make like a cool little horror game that's not going to hit with everybody, but I think does do some really cool things and fills a, a niche that other studios aren't providing. And the people that want that are going to have a really good time with it. And, you yeah. know, like, and, and, and it's all in game pass again. Like it's, it's just available. Like, and, and I'm excited because that gets more people who wouldn't normally pick this game up, you know, like a full priced or it might not be full priced. I think it's like not quite full priced, but, uh, Oh really? I could be wrong. I don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but <laughs> I, I think this would, I think having a price tag kind of creates a barrier to entry for a, a game that's as weird and different as this, that, uh, game pass just like opens up that door for, for more people to try it. And yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, Jordan. I think it's a, it's a, Honestly, like more so than like a Halo, like obviously Halo would have been great to have. But I do think this is like a great <laughs> opener to like the potential future of what Xbox could bring this generation, which is just weird stuff. If Xbox can get two or three of these in between the releases of all their like big flagships like Halo and Gears, like excellent, it'll be excellent. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really appreciate it because this is niche as hell. Like, this is extremely, you know, old horror game from 1998 feel. Do you like that? And I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> that's me. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, like, yeah, that's this is um, this feels like a roll of the dice and a, in a cool way. And I appreciate, you know, Bluebird going for it. And I appreciate Microsoft going for it. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this uh, spoiler mm -hmm. chat in-depth discussion. Uh, thank you so much, Phil and Jordan, for joining me on this. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It yeah. was. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys enjoyed it, presumably if you're at the end of this, you played the medium. If you have your own thoughts or opinions on it as far as maybe what you think the ending was about or, or anything else we didn't discuss that you uh, wanted to talk about, you can go ahead and hit us up if you're in the GameSpot Discord. Uh, you can uh, leave a question in there. Um, if you're not in the GameSpot Discord, you can um, hit me up on Twitter at John Luxipke and I can get you in. Uh, we also have our email. I believe it's, oh God, Jake always does it. It's af GameSpot <laughs> After Dark Podcast? No, After Dark Podcast at GameSpot.com. I think that sounds official. One of Jake those. is just shaking his head right now. <laughs> he can't hear this, but he's just shaking his head. <laughs> A combination of those words <laughs> will get you to us somehow. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it in the description. <laughs> so check that. Uh, but thank you very much for uh, listening. And if you want us to do more of these uh, spoiler casts, uh, we love doing these. We like just it's it's a fun chance to do an in-depth discussion that we we normally don't get to do for games. So maybe maybe let us know uh, another game you'd like us to do one of these for. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. We're listening. This is audio. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I can't feel it anymore. More ghosts who have come before. For I'm on this road back home. Home somewhere across the shore.